Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for October 26, 2023. A blowout third quarter for the economy. Real GDP growth accelerated sharply the third quarter as consumers spent broadly and the economy continues to defy expectations. As the end of the year approaches, the biggest question is, how long can consumers keep this up? This is Brian Kirk, and today we're gonna to talk about the third quarter growth and our outlook for the months ahead. And joining me to dive deeper into the real GDP data, we have Nationwide Senior Economist, Ben Ayers, and Financial Market Economist, Oren Klatchkin. Ben, let's hear from you first. Real GDP growth posted its strongest quarter since 2021, and it appears to be accelerating rather than slowing down. The economy seems pretty far from a recession. Can you walk us through the main takeaways from the third quarter data? Sure, yeah, obviously a great number from the economy over the third quarter. I mean, we had some inkling that this could be a strong number. I mean, we, we saw retail sales were up pretty sharply over the third quarter period coming into this. And, you know, many estimates expected that man, maybe we'd be over 4%, including our own. But, you know, this even surpassed expectations at 4.9% on the annualized basis. Clearly a an acceleration over what we've seen for, for a couple of years now. This is, again, this is the strongest number since Q4 of 2021. And certainly, as you mentioned in the opener, Brian, moving in the accelerating perspective as opposed to decelerating as as we had really expected coming into the year for the economy you know i think the headline as we teased in the opener was the consumer uh, the consumer really continues to show strong resilience more so than we really expected coming into the year again it's ties back to the labor market ties back to the very strong trends but even with those the consumer is is really booming uh, you looked at the third quarter data you know, PCE spending on goods was up 4.8% annualized. PCE spending on services was up 3.6%. You know, some of the strongest numbers, again, that we've seen in quite some time. And if you look at that 4.9%, 2.7% of it was tied to that increase in consumer spending. So clearly, you know, the old adage, as the consumer goes, so goes the economy, still continues to play out. And right now, the, the consumer is doing really, really well. The one I would say one part of the, the story there that wasn't quite as strong was business investment. And then we'll talk about that a little later. But business investment was basically flat for the period. So clearly seeing some areas of slowing down more broadly, you know, you dive deeper into that and spending by businesses on both structures and equipment was much slower than where it's been. So clearly there's some areas where businesses are starting to pull in the reins on spending. But you know, you look more broadly, something we would call core GDP, which is, you know, final sales to private domestic producers, which is basically consumers and businesses combined, that still grew at three and a half percent on an annualized basis in the third quarter. Certainly seeing, again, that continued acceleration of activity and, you know, further growth more broadly across the economy. You know, I, again, it's I think it's still led by services. We're, we're seeing that service spending continues to be the, the post-COVID revenge, lots of spending on services. But kind of a fun little detail in the data, when you look at the durable goods, one of the largest components adding to growth was retail recreational goods and vehicles. So you're thinking ATVs, RVs. So even when we spend things on goods, it was more focused on, you know, fun activities outside, looking at the service sector. So a lot of fun was had by consumers as you looked over the third quarter. 
Certainly we did. When you look deeper into the numbers within GDP, we saw a big increase from inventories. That's not something that's always very sustainable. That added about 1.3% to the the GDP number in the third quarter. And government spending. Government spending was up 0.8%. We've talked a lot about the the, the widening government deficit and the, the large spending that we're seeing at the federal level. Uh, and even at the state and local level as well. And that's certainly adding to growth. Again, really, most of the growth was all of the consumers, that increase in private inventories, and when you look at the federal government spending. You know, I think a lot of great news, but, you know, when you look at some of the details, I think we are concerned that this is not sustainable. I mean, 4.9%, and again, that's a very strong rate. The Fed would really like to see the economy more growing at or below 2%, to, to continue to put some downward pressure on inflation. And, and obviously, that we're very far from that as you look at the most recent data. Now, I think there are some concerns that we have for the fourth quarter. You know, the consumers can't continue to be spending like this, so probably expecting a pullback there. You know, what we typically see, we saw a big jump in inventories in the third quarter. Typically, see we see that pullback as you go to the following quarter. So again, there could be some downward pressure on growth from the inventory perspective. But again, very solid numbers, very emphasizing the resilience of the economy and really a strong carryover as we head into the fourth quarter, despite some of the concerns we have with rising interest rates and other factors, you know, still seeing the economy hum along at a very solid pace heading towards the end of 2023. Well, thank you, Ben. Of course, you got me thinking about those ATVs. I think we should maybe get three ATVs for our next podcast and just take a little drive and record a podcast on the back of those ATVs. That'd be a lot of fun. I think we should do that. But let's go ahead and bring Oren in on this next question. Oren, Ben focused on the strength of the consumer that we saw in the third quarter. And we know that consumer spending is the largest share of economic growth What's driving that continued surge in activity and how long do you think it can last? Yep. Thanks for that question. So uh, consumer spending was certainly very, very strong last quarter. Uh, and in fact, has really stayed quite resilient uh, despite the most aggressive Fed rate hiking campaign in about 40 years and um, tighter lending standards, which is really a, a sign of just the fact that you should never underestimate the U.S. consumer. The most important factors that I see that are um, basically underpinning this uh, rise in consumer spending, uh, it, you know, really boils down to a few factors. Number one is, and this is, I think, the most important one, is the fact that the labor market remains extremely strong. So the economy continues to create a really high number of jobs. Just looking at last month's data, the economy added about 336,000 jobs. And the three-month moving average actually accelerated and is holding above its 2018-2019 pace overall. So we're still adding a lot of jobs. Also, along with that is the fact that um, wages continue to increase. So latest data, again, shows us that wages rose at a 4.2% year-on-year pace. That is much higher than, again, the pre-pandemic trend and is still well in excess of the um, the uh, 3.5% rate that is essentially in line with the Fed's 2% inflation target. So all in all, the economy is adding jobs, wages continue to rise, and means that incomes continue to increase. And because incomes continue to increase, it means that, consum- it means that consumers are still willing to spend. 
The other component of this is excess um, savings. So as you might already know, consumers uh, held about $2 trillion worth of excess savings, and that is also giving them the additional, essentially, um, money that they need in order to maintain the levels of spending that they want, you know, to go out to restaurants, go shopping and things of that nature. The other important factor here is credit cards. So consumers continue to be willing to use their credit cards uh, despite that higher interest rate and tighter lending environment that we are in. Uh, And if you look at the latest numbers, it shows you actually that the revolving credit uh, lines, which is basically what are credit cards, the revolving credit continues to increase. And so all in all, I would say that these are the main factors that have underpinned the strong rise in consumer spending. Now, turning to what we expect, we don't see essentially these factors continuing to be in place and supporting consumer spending at the same rate that we saw in the third quarter. First and foremost, the economy can simply not keep up with this amount of job creation that it has in recent months. Eventually, we're going to hit some kind of you know limit where the economy can just simply not add jobs at this pace. Also, and very important for our expectations, is that we expect a mild recession to hit the economy in 2024, and that should essentially cool the pace of hiring for businesses. Secondly, because we're going to get a healthier mix between labor supply and labor demand, it means that wage inflation is going to soften. So again, that combination of cooler job creation coupled with cooler wage inflation means that incomes are going to soften and in turn consumer spending is going to weaken as well. Third, excess savings are going to eventually run out. It it simply just cannot continue to offer the kind of support to spending that it has so far. Eventually, consumers will exhaust all their savings. Fourth, inflation, particularly on the services side, is going to remain fairly high, and we don't see that cooling at at least a rapid clip in the very near term. And that, that essentially real incomes and, you know, Real earnings are are going to be hit by that elevated um, inflation. And last but not least, we do expect that elevated um, interest rates and tighter lending standards are going to eventually constrict consumer spending. And I guess a other way to say this is that essentially, you know, it will become more expensive and harder for consumers to tap their credit lines and that should also lead consumer spending to soften as well. Well, thank you, Oren. We're going to shift our attention now to the business sector that Ben mentioned earlier. Oren, where do you think that the rising costs and the higher interest rates that you just talked about, how are they putting a squeeze on corporate profits? And then what is the data telling us here? And how do, how's that going to impact? How could that impact investments? Sure. So, as we mentioned earlier, one of the most interesting components of the Q3 GDP report was the fact that business investment was actually fairly soft. The most, I guess, the largest piece of information for me that shows me that is the fact that equipment spending, which is essentially, you know, these large expensive items such as, you know, um, IT equipment, 
industrial goods, you know, things of that nature, that spending overall actually fell. So for me, this is a sign that the high interest rate environment and those restrictive lending standards are, you know, slowly but surely starting to pose a constraint on investment activity. Now, we know that business investment tends to lead the cycle. And so I see the fact that business investment is, is you know, um, softening as an indication that the economy is going to soften uh, in the coming quarters. Again, for me, the main reasons come down to basically three main factors. Number one, much like consumers, businesses are going to confront a much higher interest rate environment than what they saw in the pre-pandemic days. So their debt is going to be more expensive. Secondly, banks are tightening the lending standards. So it's going to be harder for them to access credit. And then we're also going to hit essentially a certain point in time where businesses are going to have to refinance, right? They're going to have to refinance their existing debt and it's going to be more expensive and it's also going to be harder for them to attain that financing. And so these factors are going to be basically the main underpinnings of why we see softer business investment moving forward. We can see that businesses are becoming more negative on the outlook because they actually are growing more cautious on their earnings expectations. So right now we're in the midst of Q3 earnings season. And, you know, I would say that overall corporations have performed relatively well, but they are signaling that the final three months of the year are going to be fairly soft, particularly if you take out the large tech companies. If you take out those, really, most of the companies in the, in the S&P 500 on an average basis overall are expecting really modest year-on-year growth in their um, earnings. And so for me, that's just another indication that investment is poised to soften as we end 2023 and then move into 2024. Thank you, Oren. You know, based on what you and Ben are saying, it sounds like the third quarter may be the last surge in economic growth that we see for a while. So let's go back to Ben. Ben, what are your expectations for growth in the fourth quarter, given all these headwinds we're talking about? Sure, yeah. We'll start with, I guess, maybe the good news is that there, as I mentioned earlier, there is a pretty strong handoff to the fourth quarter, especially for consumers. You know, we had a much sharper increase, Orrin talked about this, much sharper increase in job growth in September than we expected. And, you know, that means there's a lot more income out there, you know, to potentially spend on that early holiday shopping as we go out, you know, now towards the end of October and into November. So we don't really expect a sharp cliff, but I think as Oren did a good job of laying out, there are many headwinds for the fourth quarter for both consumers and businesses. They're going to cut back on the amount of spending that happens and cut back on the amount of investment that happens. And again, that's 80% of GDP is tied to what happens with consumers and businesses. And if we just see even just a little bit of a pullback in activity, that could mean 
some weaker overall growth. We could see you know, maybe a weaker holiday shopping season than usual. Maybe you focus on smaller items, maybe especially those big ticket items where you have to take out a loan to get whether it's a car or an appliance or something like that. With interest rates so high, you might not decide to make those big purchases. You step down a little bit. And so in aggregate, there should be many ways on that, that we'll see slower consumer activity with a slowdown in overall PCE spending as we look over the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, we haven't talked about these yet. There's probably still a few more headwinds when you look ahead to the fourth quarter. When it's you look at geopolitics, obviously we've had a, a ramp up in tensions in the Middle East. Hasn't had too much of an impact on oil prices and gas prices yet, but very well could, unfortunately, if that does widen out. And there's government impacts. We're still keeping an eye on a potential government shutdown. Obviously, that did not happen at the end of the third quarter, but it was only pushed off until the middle of November. You know, We've done some analysis that estimates that if we did see a federal government shutdown, it could subtract about 0.2 percentage points per week off of GDP if that did ultimately occur. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully you'll avoid that and won't have any more downside caused by that. But it's certainly a risk as we look out over the fourth quarter. So I think adding it all together, I see real GDP growth around 2% as our, as our you know estimate at this point over the fourth quarter. But there's some pretty good odds that it could be lower than that. Um, and so certainly either way, we're seeing a pretty sizable slowdown from what we saw in the third quarter, again, almost 5%. So at least coming down to two and maybe a little bit lower than that, depending on how things play out over the quarter, a long way to go until the end of the year. Uh, now, obviously, this is still pretty far away from a recession. We don't see a recession starting in the fourth quarter. I think the earliest that would be happen would be into 2024, but it's, it could be the first sign of a natural slowdown for the economy in the face of all these headwinds, the sharp tightening of financial conditions, and just the overall pullback that we'll likely see in the face of much higher interest rates and a reduction of the credit box more broadly. All right. So just to be clear then, what you're talking about in terms of how strong that third quarter uh, report was for GDP, tell us again, I mean, how does that change our forecast for the recession in 2024? Yeah, it really didn't. I mean, we're still expecting to see a, a modest recession unfold over the first half of the year. Again, maybe just the, the the strength of this and the momentum that the economy could still have going towards the end of 2023, maybe more of that recessionary impact is felt in the second quarter of 2024 as opposed to the first quarter. So again, maybe kind of delaying it and pushing it off a little bit, but it still doesn't change the overarching theme. We still see all of these negative trends, unfortunately, adding up to a recession next year. Again, it should be more modest. It should be not as long and not as deep and, and certainly hopefully not as much of a cascading impact with fewer job losses, fewer businesses closed. But there certainly is that risk of a, a further downside. And, and even in some respects, the very strong number that we got for the third quarter could raise the specter of even higher interest rates from the Fed. And that could present a little bit more of a downside risk for the economy. Um, again, we're still baseline as a modest recession, but there still are those scenarios where it could be deeper than that and, and a little bit more severe than we'd like to see. Well, Ben, thank you so much for that. And Oren, thank you as well. It's been a great discussion on third quarter GDP data. In the weeks ahead, we have so many things to talk about, including the FOMC's upcoming meeting. Uh, what, what are they going to announce? Are they going to announce another rate increase or decide to hit the pause button? We'll find out and we'll talk about it when it happens. Hit that subscribe button so you're notified of that in each new episode. Until next time, for our Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. 
The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023. Nationwide.